Let's take our Bibles this morning. We're going to go to the Gospel of John 17. Believe me, I turned the heat off a couple weeks ago when it got really warm. And then um, it got cold. So, believe me, I don't want to keep paying $2,000 a month utility bills. You know, that's what it costs in the winter. Summer is not as bad, of course, but uh, thank the Lord we have been in our budget. Everything's fine, but it does cost a lot to keep the building warm and um, just part of having a 20,000 square foot facility. We enjoy it. It's just a lot of lot of space to heat. John 17, let's stand for the reading of God's word, and we're going to read verses 13 through 17. Verses 13 through 17, the Bible says here, let's read it out loud together. And now come I to thee, and these things I speak in the world, that they might have joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them thy word, and the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Dear Father, I thank you for your word today. I pray that you bless as we have read, and I pray that you would help us as we study and encourage our hearts. I I thank you for junior church and nursery and uh, all the ministries of Souls Harbor. I thank you for the bus ministry. I pray that you would bless that uh, in a great way. I thank you so much for uh, just the friends that we have here and the uh, great spirit we can enjoy uh, our our uh, church family. And I do ask that today that you would help us to together uh, submit to the spirit of God as you lead us and guide us into truth and help us to apply this to our life, to be open, to not quench your spirit at all, um, but to be open to correction and admonishment as we seek to grow spiritually today. We all need help, Lord, not one of us. Not one of us is above any kind of uh, spiritual edification. We need it. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, this passage that we're going to be looking at today comes uh, as part of Jesus' prayer to his heavenly Father just before he dies on the cross, before he was arrested and uh, taken away to be crucified. In this prayer, Jesus is speaking to his Father and he is uh, pleading to him for his disciples, asking that they be protected from the devil, protected from the evil one, so that they might be sanctified in truth. However, there's one phrase in this passage that I want to focus on, and it's in verse 16. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Now, we were of the world before Christ. How many of you were uh, of the world? Don't have to raise your hand, but you were of the world before Christ. Uh, We call that B.C., right? Before Christ. That was your life, B.C. And um, Jesus' prayer is that we, as believers who are not of this world, would be blessed of God and encouraged of God and empowered by God 
to be protected from the world. He said, I'm not asking that you take them away or that you would take them up to heaven. I'm asking that you would be with them and that you would protect them from the devil because we have a purpose in this world. It's not to live for the world, but it is to love the world as the hands and feet of Jesus. We're called to be different. We're not supposed to blend in. Verses 16 and 17, we'll read those again. Look at it. They are not of the world, his disciples, that would include us. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Jesus was not of this world. His kingdom was not of this world. He said that. Uh, He came into the world, but he was not of the world. Verse 17, sanctify or set apart, set apart, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Jesus wants us to be different from the world around us. And he also wants us to not be ashamed of that difference. Number one today, if you're taking notes, we are called to be different. We are called to be different. How many of you, you don't have to raise your hand, but how many of you have a life calling? Whether you knew it or not, as a Christian, you do have this calling to be different. You're to be different. The desire to fit in to the world and to be accepted is common. Nothing unusual about that. We don't want to stand out and be different most of the time. We will wear the same style of clothes. We uh, begin to pick up on the slang, right? And uh, how many of you were not from uh, America, the United States? You were from somewhere else before uh, today. You're from somewhere else, okay. When you came to the United States, or you came to this region at least, uh, some people are, you might say, well, I'm not even from Wisconsin. I'm, I'm from the U.S., but I'm not from here. This is like a different world up here in Wisconsin. How many of you might say that, okay? All right, some of you are from the East Coast. You're from the South. You're from the West. And you might be even from further North, if that's even possible, from here. But the Midwest definitely has its own cultural and, uh, uh, you know, there's some social, cultural things here. We also have our own slang here, don't we? How many of you call a drinking fountain a bubbler? Okay? How many of you say, I will never call a drinking fountain a bubbler? I will never do that. Some people from California, from the East Coast, that is not what it's called, right? It's not a bubbler. It's a drinking fountain. It's a drinking fountain. A well. Okay. It's a water fountain. Okay. And I'm telling you, everyone has a different take on that one. I knew... I knew that I would get your attention with that. We want to fit in, though, so sometimes we adopt the slang of the region that we're in, right? When in Rome, do do as the Romans do. Maybe not, right? Okay. And um, we like to uh, conform sometimes to those in things. We don't want to be looked at as being odd. So sometimes the slang that we use... We stop using the slang or the words that we used before. Um, We stop saying that. But, although we don't want to be odd or be singled out, as followers of Jesus, we are called to be different. We're called to stand out and live differently from the world. This means that we shouldn't conform. 
Really what this means is that we should not conform to the world's values. We should live, rather, according to God's word. Sanctify them, he says in verse 17, sanctify them through thy truth. How are we supposed to be set apart? Through God's truth. That is what separates us from the world. The truth. Not what some preacher says or what somebody thinks you, how you should dress or how you should talk or walk. But everything goes through the filter of God's word and his spirit. Okay? Um, we're not supposed to seek to be weird. We're supposed to just be different in our values. Okay? And that sometimes causes us to be looked at as weird. Sanctification in the heart of a Christian is a progressive thing. It's different than salvation. Very similar uh, in process, I guess, because salvation is a a one-time instantaneous thing. You are saved, you are justified, forgiven of your sins, and you are positionally then set apart. You're sanctified. You are in Christ now. You're no longer in the world or in your flesh. Your old man is over here and you have been freed from the from the penalty and the uh the power of sin in christ okay but as we grow spiritually we are still struggling with applying some of those spiritual things the power of sin can still overcome us if we allow it to so that's the sanctification process we are going through this but we should be growing just because it's a process doesn't mean that we just hang out and, uh, at the beginning and somehow say, well, whenever uh, you know, I get to the end of my life, then I'm going to sprint to the finish line. No, it should be a continual walk. Walk spiritually, where we are growing, where we are changing, where we are becoming like the Son of God. Uh, we are to be transformed into the image of of Jesus Christ. Okay? Now, that looks different for some people. Unfortunately, some people do not grow when they're supposed to. You could be saved for 30 years. That doesn't automatically make you spiritual uh, or a mature Christian. You could be saved for 30 days and already be a maturing Christian. Okay? So, Uh, It is a process. We need to be involved in that process, though. We need to submit to the Lord. And so uh, it's a progression. It consists in a Christian becoming more like Christ and less attached to the world. Becoming more like Christ naturally causes us to be less attached to the world. See, the focus should not be on I'm going to be less attached to the world. No, the focus should be on becoming more like Jesus. Because when we become more like Jesus, well then, the natural byproduct is that we are less attached to the world. Focus on what God has called us to focus on, to become like Jesus. Uh, We are called to be different. Letter A, forgiveness is one example. I've got, uh, I believe, seven of them. Forgiveness. This is how we can be different than the world. The world often encourages us to take revenge. 
encourages us to seek revenge or even to hold a grudge. But God's word, which we are supposed to be sanctified by, sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth. God's word calls us to forgive those who have wronged us. Now, Jesus told us to forgive, right? And not only to forgive our neighbors, our friends, our family members, but to forgive our enemies and to pray for our enemies. But how many times did Jesus tell us to forgive? Seven times? Seventy times seven. So some of you math wizards out there know that's 490. But once you get to 491, Miss Opal, then you don't have to forgive anyone anymore, right? Is that what the message was? Is that what the spirit of what Jesus... No, we should have a heart of forgiveness for people. That's different than the world, isn't it? That's a little weird. It, it goes against our nature, even. Um, letter B, sexual purity. The world promotes sexual promiscuity and casual relationships, but God's word calls us to remain morally pure. That message is different than what we're seeing on TV, isn't it? That message is different than what is being taught in the public school. That message is different than what is happening in our families sometimes, in our workplace sometimes. You have family members that, you know, they're just indulging in all that the world has to offer. But God says to be different. And young people, there's so much pressure. There is so much pressure on you especially because um, Paul even calls it youthful lust. All of the things that uh, are where the devil puts his sights on, on youth. Young people in your teens, 20s, 30s, 40s, and if I don't say 50s, some of you are going to be upset at me because you're young too, right? 50s. 50 is the new 20, right? And so all, all of the youthful lusts, but we many times focus, of course, on um, morality, sexual purity. But that, as a young person, is one of, the, one of the biggest targets that the devil has on your life. The pressure to do what your heart says is right. The pressure to do what feels good and the pressure to do it. Other, maybe there's other people in your life that are putting that pressure on you. But you have to submit to the Lord and what is right. Not what feels right. What, what is right. Uh, the letter C, uh, humility. This is another area where we have to be different from the world. The world encourages self-glorification. But God's word calls us to be humble and to put others before ourselves. Humility. Humility. Uh, as many have said, and you've probably heard, nice guys finish last, right? But that, that's almost, that, that is a, uh, a, a criticism of somebody that is kind or meek, or let's just say humble. If you allow other people to go before you, you put others first, well, you're just, you're just going to lose. But Jesus said, the first shall be last, and the last shall be first. And Paul, how many times has said uh, to esteem others better than yourselves, to put others first. Boy, this is so hard. This goes against our nature. Uh, that's the world really, what the world system is, is man's sinful nature 
on full display. Not only inside of us do we have a pressure to do wrong, but now because of the world and so many others out there uh, are putting that pressure on us as well. Letter D, compassion. We're called to be different in this area as well. The world often prioritizes personal success and looking out for yourself. But God's word calls us to have compassion for each other, especially those who are suffering. Many times in, in the world and in our hearts, we hear things and we feel things uh, towards people who are going through a hard time. Uh, in our nature, many times we, we look at them and say, well, they must have done something wrong to deserve what they're going through. Oh, they, they had it coming to them. And sometimes we know that some people had it coming to them. But that doesn't mean that we cannot or we should not be compassionate towards all people. Even when somebody is going through the hardest time and, and dealing with their own sin and having to go through the, uh, the, the outcome and the fallout of making bad personal choices. Um, I, I heard this week again, I, I was listening to uh, Fallen Off, this is uh, April, or May is Law Enforcement Appreciation Month. And I was listening to the testimony of Officer Michael Mahalski from Milwaukee, who was shot and killed about five years ago. But he was a born-again Christian. He got saved just a few years before he died. And he said that when he used to hate people, he went to his job here working in the city. He hated the drug dealers. He said, I hated the prostitutes. He said, I hated all of those wicked sinners. And he said, I would get a call on the radio for maybe 8th and Lapham, he said. And I would think, man, I hope it's one of those drug dealers taking their last breath, you know, shooting over there. I hope it's one of those drug dealers. And I hope I can roll up on the scene, he said. I hope there's some time where I could roll up on the scene and see one of those, those uh, drug dealers that he hated taking their last breath. And I could pull him up by the collar and say, look, so-and-so, you're going to hell. But he said, before I got saved... That same drug dealer who I hated and I despised could have pulled me by the collar and said, Hey, Mike, you're coming with me. Many times we think, well, they're, they deserve what they're getting. But he said, all, all that changed when I came to Jesus and I realized that I deserved hell just as much as anybody deserved hell. Because we're all sinners. And many times we want to point our finger at other people and say, Well, you get what you deserve. And sometimes people do uh, get what they deserve. And if, if uh, without the grace of God, we all would get what we deserve. Amen? But we cannot point a finger at other people without being honest and realizing that those fingers that we are pointing at others should be pointed at ourselves as well. God's word calls us to have compassion for each other, especially when people are suffering. Another area, number five, that the world is different than us and that we should be different than the world is the area of honesty, personal integrity. The world encourages deception and dishonesty in order to get ahead, don't they? <laughs> and that's a temptation for all of us. 
We look at others and we see, wow, they're getting away with that. Why can't I do what they're doing? Seems like, seems like, uh, like they are getting ahead. But God's word calls us to be truthful, to be truthful in all circumstances. God wants us to tell the truth. The world mocks us for our honesty. But I'm going to tell you right now that dishonesty will never, ever, in the end, get you anywhere. You will not succeed by living in a life of dishonesty and deception. It always catches up with you. It always catches up with you. Live a life. Many times you're going you're gonna to have to say no to be honest and to maintain integrity and personal integrity. You're going to have to say no. But in the end, all of those people who you thought were getting ahead and getting away with it, they're going to be the ones that are wishing that they had done what you are doing. They were wishing, they will wish that they had lived a life of honesty. Uh, number seven, a life of self-control is different than the world. Uh, the way that we ought to live um, is different in this area, self-control. The world promotes indulgence, but God's word calls us to exercise self-control and to resist temptation. The world does not restrain itself. Uh, letter G, love. The world often values selfish love based on personal gratification. There are many different kinds of love. There's many different ways to def define love. Actually, in the Greek, there's, more than, there's definitely more than one word that we translate into English as love. There's the uh, self-gratification kind of love, the self-indulgent kind of love. There's also the brotherly or familial love. You know, just the natural love that we have for family. But then there's God's love that chooses to express love and to show love and to demonstrate love and affection, not based on anything that that person has done. And in many cases, in spite of what that person has done. That's the kind of love that God has for man. God has a love for man that is not natural to us. God's love for us is a love that loves us in spite of who we are and what we've done. And I thank God for that. But that's a, that's a different kind of love than the world has ever known, than the world will demonstrate. But Christians should love in that kind of way. God's truth calls us to sacrifice and to have sacrificial love. That's the kind of love that puts the needs of others before ourselves. Not only, number one, are we uh, called to be different, number two, being different can lead to persecution. Chapter 17, verse 14, we're going to backtrack two verses, but look at it, verse 14. I have given them thy word, and Jesus is praying to his Father, put yourself in this, uh, uh, you know, visualize what is going on here. Jesus is praying, he's praying to his Father, and he says, I have given them thy word, and the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. The world hates Christians when they dare to act different, when they dare to be honest, when they dare to forgive, when they dare to love as God loves. 
being different can lead to persecution. Jesus didn't conform to the expectations of the religious crowd of his day. He didn't conform to the culture of his time. See, he spent his time with undesirable people. He spent his time with sinners and outcasts. He healed on the Sabbath, which was not not acceptable. Not to the world of his day. He spoke out against the hypocrisy of religious leaders. He was not ashamed to be different from the world around him because he was clearly not of this world. He was different. He understood that. But we are different, or we should be different, and we need to understand that the world is not going to accept us for being different. Jesus was despised by the religious leaders because he healed on the Sabbath. He spent time with sinners and outsiders. He was despised for spending time with the drunks. Because he spoke out against religious hypocrisy, he was despised for daring to speak the truth. And the same world that hated Jesus so long ago still hates Jesus today. Uh, You know, they created this fake Jesus, but the real Jesus, they do not accept him. Not the Jesus of the Bible. If they really uh, would, would read the Bible, you might say, well, I don't believe that, Pastor. I don't think so because the world has gotten more. We've had, we have more Christians in the world today. No, the Christian has become more worldly today. The so-called Christian. There are many people who claim Christ, but Christ has not received them because they didn't come to Jesus in humility and in repentance. See, we want to embrace uh, the name Christian as long as it's acceptable socially. But I'm going to tell you, as soon as, as soon as, and it's, I, I should say it's already started, but Christianity is, is definitely uh, not socially acceptable in most cases nowadays. So, so many people are, now are totally rejecting Christ. The, the name, at least. They've they've never really truly embraced the Jesus or the God of the Bible. But they've wanted that name, they've wanted that social acceptable um, title, Christian. But the world is so, uh, the Christian is so worldly. When we begin to behave like the early disciples that were martyred for the faith, that really truly uh, held the gospel and held the truth, and believed what the Bible says, and lived out what the Bible says, when we begin to behave like that, we will face the same persecution. If Jesus Christ is truly living in you, you should expect an attack from the world. It's really an attack from hell. If you're really standing with the Lord, as David said, the reproaches of them that reproach thee are fallen upon me. Do you remember when JFK, and I'm going to say, do you remember, not all of you were alive, but do you remember when John F. Kennedy was assassinated in 1963? 
Or, some of you were alive for this, do you remember when there was an assassination attempt on President Ronald Reagan? 1981. Some of you may or may not know this, but there were several other people who were shot along with JFK and along with Ronald Reagan. How many of you knew that? That there were other people that were caught in the crossfire. They were shot because they were with the president and the bullets that were meant for the president also found their way into the bodies of those other people. When you are one with the Lord, when the Lord is in you and you are the light of Christ and the salt in this world that we are called to be, when you are allowing the gospel and the truth of Christ uh, to be seen and you are living out the truth of the gospel, then you should expect there to be reproaches that are meant for Jesus, there's going to be attacks that you should expect in your life that were meant for Jesus and are meant for God and meant for the truth. But you and I are going to be uh, caught in the crossfire, if you will, because we dare stand with Christ. And there's nothing wrong with that. The reproaches on Christ are going to fall on us as well. John chapter 15, if you want to turn there, you can. It's a few pages towards the front. Uh, but John 15, 19 through 21. If ye were of the world, the world would love his own. But because ye are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, and praise God, you've been chosen, you've been called. Okay, But Jesus chose us out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. Remember the word that I said unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my saying, they will keep also uh, yours also. But all these things will they do unto you for my name's sake, because they know not him that sent me. My friend, many times we want to get angry with those that are attacking Christ or attacking us. We have to understand they're doing what naturally, what that comes natural to somebody that is in the world. Somebody whose father is not Christ and not, not our father, whose father is the devil. We used to be part of that family, okay? And some, some were like Paul or Saul in the New Testament who persecuted Christians, but then came to Jesus, was saved gloriously and miraculously, and went 180 degrees the opposite direction and began to, uh, to preach the gospel. Some Christians are like that, but they, they used to do what naturally uh, anybody in the world would do, and that is to attack and to uh, go against Christ and his believers. So as Christians, we may face persecution or ridicule for living differently from the world, but don't be a, a discouraged today. Rejoice in the fact that you can identify with Christ. 
You can identify with him in his persecution. We talked last week uh, somewhat about this and the fact that we're all going to have weaknesses in our life and we're all going to suffer in some way. But to realize this morning that that weakness and the suffering is there to make us more like Jesus and to get us to look to God. But when we come to Christ, we identify with him. We are going to participate in his suffering. We are going to take part in his suffering. That is totally natural. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing, it doesn't mean that you're away from God and somehow you're displeasing to the Lord just because you're not uh, wealthy and healthy and all of those types of things that uh, the false prophets are saying out there that you should be. Uh, but when you are in Christ and when Christ is in you, you will suffer with him. And there is nothing unnatural about that because that is the byproduct of, of experiencing the life of Christ. Jesus was persecuted on this earth. Uh, before he even was crucified on the cross, he suffered persecution. People wanted to uh, stone him. People wanted to, uh, uh, they were critical of him. People were, uh, were uh, derogatory towards him. We're going to experience those, those same things. Uh, number three this morning, being different is necessary in fulfilling God's purpose. Look at verse 15. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of this world, or out of the world, but thou shouldest keep them from evil. What is he saying? His prayer is that God would insulate believers. Now, we should be insulated against against, uh, evil in our life. We should protect ourselves from the tempter, right? Don't put yourself in the place of temptation. Be careful. Um, But God didn't call us to be isolated. Some Christians want to be isolationists. They want to stay away. They want to not associate or be near uh, or be in the same building even as somebody that is not saved. They want to isolate they are, they, are, uh, they are ones that um, are repulsed and stay back. And there's nothing, uh, we understand that, that sin shouldn't be something we're comfortable with. But we, we, we need to become uh, so insulated with, with Christ and the power of God and, and the armor of God, as Ephesians 6 tells us, and be emboldened by the Spirit of God to go out and to confront, and to love, and to point people to the gospel. And, uh, but he says here, I'm not going to take, I don't want you to take them out of the world, but God, I want you to keep them, Father, keep them from evil. Keep them, guard them, essentially, from evil. Being different from the world is not just about standing Uh, not about standing out or being unique. It's about living a life that is dedicated to fulfilling God's purpose. You cannot, and I cannot fulfill God's purpose by being an isolationist. Because if I'm going to be an isolationist where I'm not going to be interacting with unsaved people, then God might as well take me home to heaven. We serve a purpose uh, for being on this planet. Um, God has called us to live a life that is dedicated to his purpose. And as a follower of Christ, we are called to be different in order to make a difference. 
We're called to be a light in the darkness. Matthew 5, if you want to turn there, you can. But I'll read three, or three verses here. Matthew five fourteen, And here's the words of Jesus. Jesus is speaking to us, essentially, through uh, what is being said to his disciples. But Matthew five fourteen, Jesus says, Ye, this is a plural, ye are the light of the world. He's speaking to this group. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it giveth light unto all that are in the house. A lighthouse stands tall and strong amidst the storms. A lighthouse stands alone most of the time. A lighthouse shines a light so that ships can see where the shore is or see where maybe a a dangerous reef is and can be guided towards the place that they need to go, the safe harbor. They can navigate safely through the water. In the same way as followers of Jesus, we're called to be a light in the world. We're to shine the love and truth of Christ so that all people can see. But as a lighthouse, just like a lighthouse, we're called to be different. We're going to stand out. We're going to be different from the surrounding darkness. We cannot blend in with the world and its ways if we want to be effective in our mission of doing God's will. Look at verse number 16, Matthew 5. And I'll finish this. Jesus said, let your light so shine before men, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven see jesus said ye are a light ye are the light of the world because of jesus inside of us we're not see the light is not necessarily us no he says ye are the light we are reflecting jesus it's his light but he says ye are the light of the world i've left you here i'm going to leave you here to be a light in the world a city that is set on a hill cannot be hid Neither do men light a candle or put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it giveth light unto all that are in the house. And that key word in verse 16 is let. He said, you are the light, so you need to let your light shine. Let it shine. Why isn't our light shining? If we're the light of the world, why why aren't people seeing Christ? Because we're not letting the light shine. We're hiding the light. We're suppressing the message of the gospel because we're trying so hard to blend in. We're trying so hard to blend in with what? Darkness? The world? So let your light so shine before men. What do we have to do? Do we have to somehow conjure up some kind of light? No. Let the light of Christ flow through your life. Stop quenching the Holy Spirit. If God convicts you about something and it is truth, the truth of God's word and the Holy Spirit is convicting you of something, you have to submit to the Lord. Stop quenching the Holy Spirit because when you quench and I quench the Spirit, we are not letting the light shine through us. We're suppressing it. He says, verse 16, and I hope you're with me this morning, let your light so shine before men that they may See your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. 
We need to be willing to shine brightly, even if it means facing opposition and persecution. You're going to face persecution. Stop trying so hard, uh, trying so hard to avoid this. We need to be willing to ask for forgiveness and being willing to forgive when it's not easy or when it's not popular or when it's not advantageous for us. To be different. Different. I say, well, I'll forgive them when they, when they get right. I've heard somebody erroneously say, well, you can't forgive somebody unless they're willing to be forgiven. Or unless they come to you and, and ask for forgiveness. You can forgive anyone for what they did to you. Forgiveness is simply just releasing them. And I've heard it said, and I believe this is accurate from experience, but forgiveness is something you do for yourself. Forgiving others is something you do for yourself. Because you know what? Sometimes we hold, we hold somebody accountable for years. We hold grudges against people. We, get, you know, we, we say, well, they did this terrible thing to me, and I'm not going to forgive them. You know, and we stand on our principles. And I've heard of so many times where people will have hold, held a grudge, and then finally they get right with the Lord, and they go and ask they say, you know, I forgive you for what you did. I forgive you. And that person says, I, have no, I had no idea that I did anything wrong to you. We can avoid that by following Matthew 18, by the way, as a Christian. If you've got something against somebody, if there's some, something wrong in a relationship, it is upon us to go to that other person right away. To go to them. Not to go and gossip about it. Not to run to the church and tell the whole church or to get on social media and tell the whole world, essentially. That is sin. If somebody has done something wrong to you, don't be like the world. Stop being like the world. You know what the world does? They get on social media and they vent. They air their grievance out in public. They hold grudges. But a Christian goes to those that have done wrong and in a heart of love, and in a heart of true forgiveness, not in some kind of expectation to straighten that other person out. Right? we got to be careful. We need wisdom. There's times where we need to confront people who have done wrong, but if, if, if we have some kind of hurt in our heart from what they did, be willing to go to them and say, look, this is what happened, and I forgive you. And by the way, if somebody comes to you and asks for forgiveness and wants to get things right with you, don't push them away. This is an opportunity for you to experience the power of God in your life and for you to be able to release that person and to, or, or to extend to them the forgiveness that they really need. I've heard somebody say, we are no more like Christ when we are forgiving. When we learn how to forgive people, then we, have, we are learning to be like Jesus. The Bible says to forgive them. Forgive those that have done wrong against us. Forgive. As God, Paul says, for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Number two, we need to be a peacemaker. Letter B, be a peacemaker. Make peace wherever you go. Don't stir the pot, as they say. Don't try to... Uh, cause havoc and grief wherever you go. Don't try to add to the, uh, uh, the 
a disruption maybe at work. Don't try to add to the drama in the family or at work. Don't try to cause issues in the church and stir up strife. Be a peacemaker wherever you go. Uh, letter C, live a morally pure life. Live a morally pure life. I'm going to say, Pastor, <laughs> that, that, is, that ship has sailed. I've messed things up. Get right with the Lord and do right. Get right with the Lord and do right. The devil's going to whisper in your ear and say, well, you, you're, um, you know, there's no hope. You know, you are, um, your, your situation is, is too far gone. Maybe somebody, you've been living with somebody for, for a while. Get right. Get right. Don't live in sin. Get right. Or maybe, maybe there's somebody that uh, have had every intention of waiting for the right one and has messed up. The devil whisper in your ear and say, well, you're damaged goods. There's no need for you to try to live right. That's a lie. Get right with the Lord and then live right. Um, letter D, be humble. Be humble and serve others. Be humble and serve others. Don't live for what you can get and what you can attain while pushing other people over and stepping on folks as you go up that corporate ladder. Be humble and serve others. Serve others. Ask God to vindicate you. Many times we're afraid. We think, well, if I don't, if I don't um, look out for myself, nobody is going to look out for me. Use godly wisdom. Use godly wisdom how you, how you move ahead in your career. Letter E, be compassionate. Be compassionate and give generously. Give generously. Don't be a hoarder. Don't be a miser. Be compassionate and give to others generously. God is looking out for you. Many times we think, well, if I, if I give it all away, well, then I won't have anything. Use wisdom, again. But as you give to others, God, what's really going on is God is just giving through you. You're the conduit through which God is blessing other people. And you always, and I always, receive, that, receive a blessing from the Lord just by being a, a vessel through which he can bless others. Letter F, be honest, be honest, be honest, integrity. Letter G, practice self-control, self-control. Ask God for help. Letter H, love others like Jesus loves you. And letter I, share the gospel, share the gospel. You will, you will face persecution. There's going to be people that are not going to like what you're doing, but I'm going to tell you right now, there's going to be people in your life that are going to say, praise God, there's another Christian at this workplace. You're going to have people that will be emboldened when you just submit to the Lord and say, we're going to do what's right here. I'm going to, I'm going to live differently than the world lives. You will encourage so many other people uh, that they're just, sadly, they should be taking the lead as well, but you're going to be the one that God uses to encourage others. You never know what kind of impact um, your life will have where you go, at your work, at your house, in the church, in the community, wherever you are at, live different than the world by following the truth of God's word. I've heard somebody say one time, the darker the night, and it is dark out there, isn't it? The world is dark. There's not a lot of, of goodness in the world. People are looking for something that's right. People are looking for truth. People are looking for uh, just real justice and real righteousness 
and real holiness. They're looking for, because God has put that in our hearts. Do you know that? We have an understanding of what morality is. We understand that the road is crooked and the, the night is dark and the world is dark because of what God has implanted into all people. And so people are looking for the truth. As they say, they, we all have that God-sized or God-shaped hole in our heart. We're looking for, we're looking for the missing element. The world does not have the answers. Drugs, relationships, alcohol, all those things are just, are just kind of a, a band-aid. They're kind of something that will suppress the feeling for a moment. Temporarily deal with the problem. But at the end of the day, people are looking for truth. And as they have said, the darker the night, the brighter the light. And when you have the light of the gospel, when you and I reflect truth and we reflect Jesus, there is an attractive element to that. And like I said, you are going to have people that will look to you and say, praise God that there's somebody else at this workplace or in this, in this, uh, uh, in this home, in this apartment building that has Jesus. And there's going to be unsaved people that will come to you and say, you have something that I don't have. You have the truth. I know there's something different about your life that I have not seen in anyone else's life. Please tell me what is different about you. Be the difference in somebody's life. Be different to make a difference. Father, I do pray that you bless this day. I thank you for your word, how it rings true. It's not always easy to, to do what you tell us to do, Lord, but we thank you for your spirit who, who will empower us to live the way we are called to live. I do pray for each and every individual here that uh, has their individual need, whether it's to be saved, to be forgiven of their sins, as the scripture tells us that we're all sinners We've come short of the glory of God. We don't deserve to go to heaven because none of us could ever do good enough. We don't deserve it. But your word says that in our sin, you loved us. But God, in Romans 5, 8, but God commendeth his love toward us. You demonstrated your love, your perfect love, the love that chooses. You demonstrated your love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Thankful for what Paul wrote there. But it is the truth that if we confess our sins, you're faithful and just, as John says, you're faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's true for the believer, but also for, for us, or for those that are saved, uh, unsaved, that are lost, that need to be forgiven of their sins. If we, if we come to you, in our sin and admit that we need a Savior and we confess Jesus Christ, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, as Romans says, we'll be saved. So Father, I pray for those that are uh, maybe here or watching online that have not yet been forgiven of their sins, that today they would come to you just as they are. It's not about joining the church or being baptized, but come to you as a, a human being in need of a Savior. Pointing... Uh, as, as we have pointed to Christ today, I pray that they would get saved. Father, I pray for uh, maybe the believer this morning that is uh, needing just some encouragement to stand and be different, not be ashamed, to not be ashamed of the difference uh, that Jesus has made in their life. May we be bold and realize that, God, you have called us to a specific place 
to, to serve, to live. Because there's other people around us that need that encouragement. May we realize that being different, it, it has that attractive quality. So although some might mock us in their hearts, they're thinking, boy, I wish I had what they have. So Father, help us to be bold and not ashamed. I pray that for each and every believer here.